0: This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. We're
1: behind time, and I want to get Ryan Frankenberry in here because uh, Democrats in West Virginia face, I think, a real uphill battle. We are among the deepest, reddest states there are in the nation. I sense Ryan, and Ryan's just been named the executive director of the state Democratic Party. Ryan, I sense a great optimism uh, inside the party, the Democratic Party. I hear it from a lot of local Democrats. Certainly Mike Pushkin has been on with us. The new chair has been just is, seems to be energetic, excited, and ready to roll. Your job is to kind of make things happen. Um, are you excited?
0: Hey, Howard. Hey, thanks for having me on. I am uh, I'm beyond excited. Uh, I think that this is a new day in West Virginia. Uh, the Democratic Party is re-energized. And uh, while we are certainly aware of our current position, we also know uh, our history and we know how our future can be mapped out.
1: I know that there's energy, and I know there's excitement, and I know there is strong belief that things can turn around. But again, uh, part of me says, man, you are just swimming upstream against a very fast torrent coming, coming downstream because of the state we're in. How do you start? I mean, you... You're the guy who's going to, have to kind of put some of the game plan together, sort of, and implement a game plan. How do you start in this deep red state?
0: Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll tell you in two different ways. The, the short version, organizing 101. Uh, we need to organize. And I feel like I've got a background in organizing. Um, some that's known, some that's not. But the other way that I'm going to describe it is uh, the five C's. And the five C's are communications, collaboration, coordination, candidates, and cash. And we've got to do better at all of those things, and we're putting together a plan right now so that we can be immediately having an impact on the 2022 cycle and then moving beyond November so that we are recruiting the best candidates, raising the money, coordinating with our local parties, uh, collaborating with our allies, and communicating internally uh, with our leadership and with our our
1: local committees as well as with our voters man that sounds like a bob he sounds like he's got this thing all all organized here he does i was right i'm still trying to catch up with the five c's yes he does (laughs) um that, that all makes that all makes some sense um and there are a couple things you mentioned there i want to touch on uh ryan to me the most important thing especially in the upcoming election and as we move forward too but It's got to be getting out the vote. Democrats in this state are, some have been enthused, but they've been enthused I think in the wrong way. Others have been kind of fallen by the wayside. You've got to bring everybody back into the fold. That's my thought about it. I don't know how you feel about it, but the critical thing is getting people to go to the polls.
0: Oh, there's no question. I mean, that goes back to our organizing 101. Uh, The the most important date is Election Day, uh, but the, the, the next most important date is is the date that our candidates are talking with our voters. Um, that's how we get people back to the polls is with direct voter contact, helping our candidates understand the tools and the tactics on how to have communication directly with voters, and frankly, making sure that our messaging is right. Um, I'm very proud of what the Democrats have done. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've come out of a pandemic. We've in economy. We've now had the the largest infrastructure bill. We've got the largest bill to help our climate and create jobs in West Virginia. There's a lot that West Virginia Democrats need to be proud about. We need to have conversations with our neighbors, with our church family, with our co-workers, and we, we need to not back down. Um, what I, you know, in, in my uh, my experience, um, We haven't been doing a good enough job telling our side of the story, and we have quite a story to tell uh, versus the extremism that's coming out of Charleston, that's coming out of the Republican leadership at the federal level. Um, And frankly, I think that that the Western New voters are tired of that kind of extremism. They want to get back to bread and butter issues, and they want to see our state and our communities doing well.
1: Right. I hope that you're right, and I certainly think that's what people should care about. But you and I have both seen in the past few years, uh, just an example is the infrastructure bill, where uh, citizens of this state, because of the, uh, the talking points, the division that's been created by the right wing, are actually willing to argue against their own self-interest, because they've been told that you know Democrats bad, Republicans good. That's a can, can you can you convince people in West Virginia? I'm talking about in West Virginia that the ideas of the Democrats really are good for them. They really do help them because that's been tried here in the past few years. You have worked hard at that with the working families when you were involved with that directly. Um, it's just it's hard to get people to buy into that because of the uh, the divide we have in the state.
0: Well, I'd argue that it's not that hard uh, when you actually sit okay. down, and you organize, talk with folks, um, and and I would say that that's the path we're on. I think you've already seen with with uh,
1: Chairman Pushkin and Vice Chair uh, Danielle Walker uh, have already come out with you know rapid statements to uh,
0: every kind of attack we're, we're facing. Uh, here at the Capitol in Charleston. But, you know, if you look back just over the past five years, I mean, we had a historic teacher strike in 2018, followed by another one in 2019. Um, We were able to, you know, our our Senator uh, Joe Manchin was the deciding vote on the American Rescue Plan that had an incredible impact on West Virginians um, and then led the bipartisan infrastructure bill and just now passed the Inflation Reduction Act that is going to impact West Virginians. Uh, for years to come, but I, I think that the point is that we have to organize. And that teacher strike, I can, I can tell you uh, a lot of the background on how that happened, and it all comes down to organizing 101, where you bring everyone in, you are transparent with your discussions, and you talk about what they care about. And when we had that, that teacher strike in 2018, People across the state didn't matter what their political ideology was; they supported public employees, they supported their health care, they supported their their working right, their their workplace rights, and and we had, I mean, a historical moment. Um, we're not that far off. There's, there is a groundswell of people that are tired of the same old thing. They're tired of corporate interest getting everything they want while we get nothing. And we're going to get those folks mobilized and get them to the polls.
1: I uh, drove the protest lines a lot during the st- teacher strike in 2018, and it was interesting to me as I looked up and down the line of people holding signs and so on that I saw a number of people I knew who were involved in the Education Association and so on But I also saw people that I knew to be uh, Republicans or to be conservatives, and they were out there standing shoulder to shoulder with the teachers. For whatever reason, the teachers were able to generate a widespread amount of support, and I think it's a great thing. problem has been, Ryan, the legislature, in my opinion, has taken retaliation against the teachers because of those strikes, and we've seen some of the the bills that I call anti-teacher bills passing in the last couple of sessions.
0: Oh, there's no question that they're retaliating. This is to be expected. When, when you have a Republican supermajority, they are going to go to the extremes because they feel like they have to feed their base. What they don't understand is West Virginians in general are not their base. And when you saw the folks from the teachers on the strike lines, they weren't just teachers, right? They weren't just school employees. They weren't just public employees. What we did— was we articulated to the state of West Virginia the importance of the Public Employees Insurance Agency, PEIA, and the fact that that health care was so important to keeping our state government going, to keeping our employees healthy so that they could take care of our kids, of our elderly, of our roads, of our everything. And so we built a base of support by telling people that this is under attack. And let's be, let's be frank. They only put a Band-Aid on it. They've never actually had their PEI task force meet. We are going to no. face this again, okay? And, and not only are they attacking just teachers, right? They're attacking public employees. They're attacking women. They're going to attack everyone that they seem see as a threat, and we're going to mobilize those threats because I can tell you they're bigger than anything that the, uh, the Republican leadership here in, in Charleston has.
1: We need to spend more time here on this show about what's going on with PEIA because there was a lot of excitement, again, after the teacher strike. There was a sense, ah, we're going to deal with this now. Uh, the, 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 I don't know what they call it, committee, commission, whatever was formed. And, and then it just kind of faded away, and that was the end of it, you know. Um, and and nothing, nothing really got done, which is sadly um, the way of a lot of political things uh, these days. Ryan, you and the Democratic Party have sort of a two-pronged, I should say problem, but I won't say that. Two pronged issues you have to deal with. One is the upcoming election in November. Um, you you have what you have. You have the candidates who have filed, the candidates who have won primaries. Uh, you know, the matchups are basically set. So you have to support the candidates and try and deal with the candidates that you have. But I'm more intrigued by what thoughts you have about how do you move forward. How do you look past this November election And you look to the election two years from now, and four years from now, and ten years from now. You know, I remember, and I was somewhat close to the Republican Party chairman at the time, when one of the first decisions they made a decade or more ago was, we're going to put somebody up on every office. You know, Republicans didn't even show up on most ballots for a while. They said, no, we're going to put somebody up for every office. We're going to contest everything. And some of those names that I remember ten years ago being newcomers, are now people in positions of leadership looking into the future is really important. Yeah, without without
0: question, and and I'll say it this way: um, as far as as far as this upcoming twenty two election, we've we've hit the ground running. Um, I've been in officially for for a week, um, but of course, my work before uh, was was also focused on making sure that we're helping our candidates have the support they they need to do the direct voter contact that wins elections. Um, we're going to push hard on the candidates that we have right now. We've got accountab- candidate accountability plans to make sure that we are uh, in contact with them, uh, checking on what they need, getting them what they need, and making sure that they have the most support. Moving beyond this election, though, and you, your, your point is, is, is incredibly clear, we have to show people, candidates, potential candidates, That there is a way to fight back, that there is a way to represent their communities, and that there is an infrastructure, a communications plan, and a strategy that is funded and and well-resourced so that they are not running into this blind. Um, I want to talk local real quick, and I don't know how much time we have, but I do want to talk about impact. We have time. Go ahead. Right. You know, um, Wheeling is (laughs) an incredibly important—the Northern Panhandle is an incredibly important uh, case study in what happens when direct action is taken by the people. Um, You might remember Senate Majority Leader Ryan Fern representing Senate District 1. (laughs) Ryan Fern? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Exactly. But I want to talk about that real briefly, okay, without going into too many details. You might recall, Howard, Ryan Burns was walking into the 2018 election unchallenged.
1: Do you remember that? I do indeed. And he was unchallenged, unchallenged person even person after the filing deadline. deadline. It was only after Bill Ehlingfeld filed, had, uh, was, right, that he, he had a, only, a serious challenge. The
0: only Republican unchallenged on the, Repo- on the Senate uh, ballot, the only one without a Democratic challenger, now, then we have the teacher strike that happened during that session. And as soon as I got out of there, now, I want to tell you, I was, I was working real hard to recruit, okay? And even afterwards, I didn't give up. And I kept, kept hammering down that we could take Ryan Burns out. And we found an amazing candidate. Now, I'm not taking credit for Billy Lenthal's filing, but I'm certainly – going to say that i was involved and when we put him up we showed him that there's a way to win there's a message to win there's a way to organize and get people to the polls and we beat him and billy Odenfeld became a state senator that can be replicated and they know it the republicans know it they're scared they should be and we're up for this challenge uh you know mitch carmichael same story we identified him. We made him known to the voters of West Virginia, and the voters of West Virginia replaced him. Um, we're going we're to start doing that all over the state. And we're not just focused on the state house. We're focused on the courthouses. We're focused on city halls. You all up in Wheeling have a, have a, a pretty fantastic administration operating in Wheeling. Um, if you look around the, the, the state, We've got a lot of municipalities that are doing great things. We've got a lot of counties that are doing great things. Um, And a lot of those are because of Democratic leadership, and and that is because those administrations are being transparent. They're transparent with the funding that's coming through the federal support. They're being transparent with their local tax dollars. They're being transparent with the plans that they set up for their communities, and people like that. The issue with the state legislature is that – this has been an ongoing uh, takeover, right, by, by extremists, um, where they understand that they can do things uh, in, in the cover of, of secrecy and, and darkness, and they are in, they're implementing state codes that is affecting local municipalities, counties. The people of West Virginia are not going to stand for it, and we're going to make sure that they understand in regular terms what has been happening. And we're going to take the state back.
1: The Ryan Ferns story is a great story. Obviously, we covered it in great detail here. Uh, Ryan Ferns, for whatever reason, had been very popular. But uh, you had a confluence of issues that came together here. Ferns was not even trying to be conciliatory. I mean, Ferns just plain out and out called the teachers every name in the book. I mean, he didn't make any effort to even pretend that he cared about teachers. That was a mistake. Teacher strike was there. The teachers were unified. Ferns basically gave them the middle finger. So now there's anger built up there. And as you said, it's critical. You found one of the best candidates you could ever find in Bill Elenfeld, a man who was respected, who had background, and who was known up and down the panhandle. And so you had all of those circumstances come together. And I guess part of your job and the Democratic Party's job here is to find ways to to pull the candidates that are needed to meet the circumstances that arise, because all of those things had to happen before Ryan Ferns was uh, was removed from office, and um, and frankly, here we are again. Now, Feld of course, went back to, as expected, to his uh, former job as a federal prosecutor, a tremendous position that he holds and does a great job there. Uh, I thought Owens Brown, as the t- uh, the uh, the interim uh, replacement, was an excellent person. But now comes a, a real battle, and I'm not sure that uh, – I don't know whether the Republicans or Democrats can hold on to that seat or not. That's going to be a real battleground for you, at least I would think so.
0: Oh, there's no question. I mean, I think that, uh, for one, you know, we understand what Randy Schwartz Miller's is doing up there. He's working hard. He's getting all up and down the panhandle. Um, and we feel confident with, with Randy's uh, – with, with, with what he's doing on the ground. His fundraising is looking good. Um, He's, he's one of them that I, I think that we can actually uh, safely say that we're going we're gonna to be able to keep that seat. But um, so we, we understand this is, again, it's, we, have, we have a lot of ballot vacancies. Um, you know, my, my goal is that we are going to turn that around. Um, we've, we've seen it done in the past. Uh, you've got to give the voters a choice. And what we're going to do is we're going to build an infrastructure so that potential candidates, have the confidence that they need to say, yes, I will put my name on the ballot because I know that there is a functioning state party that can help me win. And that's what we're going to build. That's
1: a bit different than it has been in the past. Uh, Listen, I am dramatically behind time, but I want to ask you one more thing, and I, I need to get in and get out on this. But Joe Manchin, what do you do about Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin is a Democrat, our last Democrat in federal office. Uh, and yet he has somewhat distressed members of your own party. Uh, where does he come into play? How do you work with Manchin? How do you bring him into or not bring him into the fold? I mean, to me, he's kind of, I've always said for years, Ryan, I think you would agree with this, Joe Manchin is kind of a party of one. He's a party of his own self. But how do you, how do how how does Manchin fit into the scheme of things? Well,
0: I'll say first and foremost, Joe Manchin is the the U.S. senator from West Virginia, and he's a Democrat. Um, we're we are understanding of how Senator Manchin's history in the
1: state uh, is, and the fact that he has, uh,
0: you know, held so many positions and worked across the aisle in so many different ways. But when you look at his record, Joe Manchin is delivering for West Virginia. Uh, for West Virginia, I'll say that you know, for those who uh, who want to criticize the senator from the left or the right. Uh, you know, I support, I support uh, the free speech, and I support uh, having these discussions. I think that having conversations is important. Um, but what I'm mostly concerned about is delivering for West Virginia, and we just saw that last week with the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, right now we have Republicans like Shelley Moore Capito who, for one, refused to vote to cap insulin prices, which would have yeah. saved West Virginia citizens Thousands and thousands of dollars individually, um, and then she refused to vote for the entire bill, which is going to deliver so much, including a Medicaid, a Medicare cap of two thousand um, dollars in in the in the coming years. Uh, you know, she continues to go out and say that that the that Joe Manchin is lying, that Democrats are lying. Well, we're gonna we're gonna show the West Virginia voters what is actually in that bill and many others. And we're going to continue to educate folks so that we can get away from these red meat talking points and actually sit down at kitchen tables and show them how their lives can be improved.
1: Hey, Ryan, I appreciate your time this morning. I'm way behind time. That's not a problem because it's been good conversation. I appreciate it. Uh, I can guarantee you we will talk a lot as the election comes closer and past that as well. Uh, Congratulations. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: I'm also 15 minutes behind my my first staff meeting, so uh, we're getting organized right now.
1: Well, go and blame it on me, and uh, you go have a staff meeting, and I'm going to go to the news, and thank you for joining us. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, if I could just say, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, it's ryan at com. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.